I'm so happy to have you here. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I know you've been a listener of the show for a while. And I mean, it's this is just uh, you guys are a team that has been close to my heart for a while since I came to URI my freshman year. It's been a team that I've followed very closely. And it's been a show that I've been looking forward to for a very long time. So, I mean, before we jump into just a lot of like your personal background, because you've got exceptional history playing in Spain before you came here. I mean, just kind of give me some of your thoughts just on how the season has been starting this year. Because obviously started first couple games, you were 2-2-1 two, two, and one, and then the past sort of eight days sputtered a little bit, yeah. a tough loss against Dayton, a tough loss against Bryant. I mean, just like recently, how's everything been with the team? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, we started pretty well. Like our preseason, we didn't concede any goal. We we were feeling good. You know, the team was confident. And then like the season started and we also like felt like we are going to have a good year. You know, like, no, oh, this is good. You know, we haven't considered any goal. Um, everyone is healthy. Um, you know, the, the new people, the new players are looking good. And I don't know what happened the last three games, bro. I'm telling you, like, we are just like clueless in the in the, in the field. We we don't know what to do. Like, we are we need something new. We I feel like also you know in any sport like it's about your attitude and stuff. And I feel like in the last two games we just our hands down like too early you know it was like 2-0 against Dayton and then it looked like we didn't want to play against them and then against Brian we didn't know that they had such a good team like we were impressed to be honest I mean I'm Spanish you know and it's like I want to say this they had like 19 Spanish players in the roster so it was like okay these guys you know like they are experienced they know what they are doing they understand the the, the, the game so I don't know. I think that we have been working on it this week and hopefully tomorrow that we have a game, we're going to fix it and we're going to take the win for Brody. And so, I mean, you've been in this sort of position before. I mean, going into last season, uh, last season, you or I were projected to be one of the top contenders for the Atlantic 10 in men's soccer last year. It was Patrick Ajman's final season. You had a very strong core led by a number of different seniors. And it was a very experienced squad that at the start of the year, it seems like everything was going well. You had gotten a draw against Penn State. You had played well against Hofstra, like nationally ranked teams. But then as the season started to get on, the draws really started to hinder you all as a group because this was the first season where draws were really implemented into conference play. And then you go and you miss the playoffs. And it was brutal because it was against Dayton as well. It was the 2-0 loss at home to Dayton. So, I mean, you've been in this position before where it's like you really have to pick yourself up from... Difficult performances, knowing that there's a game ahead, like it's you, you got to put that game in the in, on the back burner. So I mean, just like as one of the more experienced players on the team, sort of what is your message to some of the younger guys, or like what do you guys as a collective unit sort of do to fix all the issues going forward? In a sense, yeah, I understand what you say. Like what I'm gonna say is easy to say, but it's not easy to you know bring it to the field. Um, I think that. You gotta be consistent, and you know, like that's easy to say. But when you have, you know, I usually think that it's better to start probably like a bit worse than like starting better the season because like you get used to it, you get comfy, and then you think, okay, we are already here. You know, like 
it's already done. We are the bo- like we are the boss here. Like we are gonna do whatever we want because we have been doing it for the last I don't know X games. And then you get there and it's like you know you can play against a team that is probably like on the paper is worse than you, but it's a playoff. Like a playoff is just either you die or you survive. So like. I feel like when we are in a situation of like that, and it has happened the same in this season, you know, like we we've been playing very good the first games, and then we get like very comfy. You know, like maybe you need something like this that is happening right now. Like, I mean, not like six zero and four zero in two games because that that's that's tough. But maybe you need, you know, like hey, bro, you are not that good. You know, like you are not uh, Lionel Messi or you know, like any professional player. You have to like work hard and be consistent. And that's what, what I would say to my team is like, guys, just keep working. Like, even if we, if we are great. And, and if you're playing in any team sport, complacency is usually one of the worst things for you because as you continue to play really well, you can kind of take your foot off the gas a little bit and then you just get used to consistently playing well. And then when you get challenged, exactly. you can't adequately respond to it. And I mean, this is a position where you guys are really going to have to do it moving forward because conference play is... Very difficult, especially in the Atlantic 10, because the Atlantic 10, while it may not be the most competitive on the national stage for a number of sports, men's soccer is one of the sports where the Atlantic 10 is one of the best. I mean, you look you look at St. Louis, you look at teams like VCU, I mean, even Dayton right now. Dayton team, right now is... Dayton is right now, we're on fire. Yeah. So it's this is definitely a time where, like, it's going to really be all hands on deck to really try and... Correct the ship, in a sense. So before we get back to just sort of talking about the team and everything, I want to talk about you because you have more of an interesting path to college soccer Hmm. than most, especially, I mean, considering the fact that you are from Spain, from Bilbao, and that, that... that region in and of itself is of major fascination to me. It's it's, it's amazing. It's it's a, a, a wonderful region of the country. I mean, it's just rich in history, rich in sporting history, and there's so much different like quirks to how that region works in terms of just how soccer is or, or football rather, and just like athletic Bilbao only having players from from Bilbao, from Bilbao well, the Basque country the Basque yeah. country yeah and it's just like that sense of like almost nationalism yeah. in the in the region is fascinating i mean just like tell me growing up there growing up in that sort of culture just what what was that like in I got terms of like bro. i got this one so like <laughs> you know I, w- I wanted to tell you like being from the Basque country specifically from Bilbao because like you know athletic Bilbao is because we also have like Real Sociedad and Alaves, and usually if you are from that province, you are like a fan of that team. But if you are from Bilbao and you are a Bil- Athletic Bilbao fan, I'm telling you that it's something that you feel like you are part of a family that I can't even describe. Like when you go to the streets before the game, you know, like there are thousands of people just like looking forward for the game, and then every single I feel like every single kid, you know, that plays soccer there um, wants to be like in Athletic Bilbao it doesn't matter like okay maybe you think okay Barcelona Real Madrid like oh I want to be in a big team because like I want to win things I'm telling you like a huge percentage would rather play in Athletic Bilbao that's my my situation actually like I would rather play for Athletic Bilbao than if I think that Barcelona or Madrid call me 100% I'm going to Athletic Bilbao it's just like a feeling it's something 
it's it's just like it's something that's like ingrained in every child born there because obviously like the United States is infatuated. It's almost oversaturated with so many different sports played at such high levels yeah. that like when you're born, you are a fan of so many different things. But when you go out to like a country like Spain, it is really just soccer. soccer. Like that, that is it. Soccer. So when, when you're, you grow up in a region like that, it's fascinating to see just how different the game is looked over there because just the perception that a lot of Americans have is like, yeah, you're a fan of it, but like most of the time it, it's not, do or die as a true fan in the United States. But over there, the culture is just beyond, I feel like, most Americans' comprehension. Anything, like, beyond anything. I think that, I will say that when you go to watch uh, Athletic Bilbao's game, everyone looks like they don't think about anything else than the game. It's like, we are going to win any team that is, like, on that field. We don't care if it's, like, Uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester United, we don't care. Like, in our, on our field, on our stadium, we are invincible. And that's that's the feeling, you know, when we you score and it's like, I'm part of that. I'm not playing, but I'm part of that. And the kids usually, like, you know, when I was a kid, actually, I was th all the time thinking, I wish I, I can play, you know, I wish I could play in, in that team. I wish I could, like, just go to the youth team and, you know, like, become professional in Athletic Bilbao. And you are actually fighting against like all those kids that are like you know like in different youth academies and stuff to get to that little Bilbao first team. That it's it's so just incredible just seeing like how you have all of the different teams like all the different youth teams, but they're all funneling into like one club because every kid's got the same dream. Exactly. You it's. You'd think, like, for such a small region that the competition, yeah, it would still be tough, but you wouldn't think that you're competing against that many people. But everybody wants to do, realistically wants to do the same thing. Exactly. And yeah, it, it's it's so, it's just really, it's really neat to see. And it's something that I feel like a lot of Americans uh, can't really comprehend to a degree because you just don't see that many sports with that, I mean, just level of, like, commitment from birth like that just true love and passion like you were born with this club you will die yeah, with this club like that's just what it is and so i mean kind of going off of that like playing in the youth systems just walk me through a little bit of how playing in the, the youth systems out there like worked like you had you mentioned that you were playing in a, a different academy like trying to reach that goal of possibly playing for athletic bilbao and i mean you've played in the spanish fourth tier you've played in the third tier all semi-professional levels climbing the ranks just what what was that sort of process like as you matured as a player yeah so i started playing in a club that is called leyoa and that's a decent club you know like they usually have like athletic bilbao uh, team i mean club like the the whole academy usually take takes um, players from that uh, club but it's not like a big big club and then i moved to like another club this is all youth uh, all youth academies and you know i did my last year of the youth uh, academies in abar it's like you know the first team it was professional i mean it was the first in first division a couple of years ago they You know, they went down to the second division uh, two years ago. But still, it's like a really good team. And, you know, I've always been trying to be in one of those hotspots, you know, where, like, people are watching you. Like, maybe teams, like, professional teams, second division, first division, are watching you and saying, okay, this guy is, like, in our target, like, on our, you know, target. 
And um, coming back to your question, sorry. Um, <laughs> I was just like moving around. Oh, that's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> but and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? Oh no. So I was, I was gonna say. I mean, just like you're going from like the hot spots where you're on the radar of a lot hmm. of these teams, and you're slowly climbing up the ranks. I mean, just what, what made you want to like? choose like say choose Ibar for example or like did a lot of these academies like were you trying out for a number of academies throughout the country no actually I think it's better to be one just like one academy in a good academy like for a long time but the thing is that you know my last second academy uh, was was starting to get worse and stuff so I was like okay I'm, I have to leave this team because it's gonna be worse for my for my career And I went to a bar that were interested in me, and then actually, like uh, a bar wanted to sign a contract with me for like the next two years, and but what they were offering me was like, you know, I know that I have more, you know, like skills, more like power, like more potential than this. So I moved to a third division team, no, fourth division team in Spain, and I was thinking, okay, you know, like I've moved. In three years, very quickly to a good point, you know, for the vision in Spain is like a good level. And then I, I thought, okay, maybe I have a, an opportunity to become professional. And the next year, a semi-professional team called me. So I was like, okay, in four, like in three, four years, I've moved from like a decent, normal youth academy to a third division team. So I was like, if I keep training. I can, I can be professional. Of course, it's my dream. This is like my dream, and it still be my dream. But once you get there, you realize that there are also a lot of good, really good players, maybe better than you. And like you realize, okay, this guy maybe is better than me. So you just like, you know, put your feet on the ground and say like, okay, I have to be realistic. Yeah, and so we were talking about this before we came on. The way that like education and sport works in the United States is so foreign to how it works yeah. over over in Europe. And I mean, you were just alluding to the fact that like you're when you go through the youth academies and stuff like that, like that's the track that you take to go to professional. Whereas like in the United States, like a lot of these a lot of young players, they go from high school, they go from college, they're getting the education while also staying on that a similar track to try and go pro here in the US. But there's really no equivalent to that in Spain. Not at all. Like that's why I came here actually like You know, I wanted to finish my degrees because I know that, you know, I'm a good player. Okay, I don't want to be arrogant, but I know that I have, like, skills and stuff. And I could do something, you know, like, soccer-wise. But I also know that any injury or, like, maybe uh, another guy that is better than me is going to take my spot in the team. Or, could like, there are thousands of different variables that you are not controlling. And you have to... You need a plan B, actually. So, like, when you get to a point in in Spain or in Europe, like, there are actually different Europeans in our team uh, that I think that they, they feel the same, you know, like, they came here for the same reason. Um, you know, there, you, you reach a point where you either have to study or play soccer. And you can't do both. Like, I mean, you can, but you don't have enough time. You know, like, uh, when I was playing for, you know, this third um, division team, I had to, like run to the metro station from like my my stadium where I trained and then go directly to my university the university stay like three four hours study go back to my house it was like it was like a mess so 
you know, one of my friends told me about, why don't you go to United States? Like, it's a good option. And at first I was like, nah, bro, like, you know, like, I don't want to go there. I don't have a good English. I don't want to, you know, those, like, all that process until I get used to this new culture. But after, like, months and stuff, I was like, maybe it's a good idea to finish my studies. And, you know, because they have that option. You, you can still play a really good deal at a really good level. But also you can finish your degree. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so then during your last season, that was during 2020-21, right at the height of COVID, like it, you were playing semi-pro, you'd almost gotten promoted from the division that you were in. And so, I mean, like, were there any, like, extenuating factors during, like, whether it was, like, trying to deal with the ramifications of COVID or, like, if you felt sort of I had, actually like, a wall? came, I came the next year of COVID. Yeah. Well, you came, you came to the, you came to the U.S. I'm saying, like, during, like, 2020, 2021. Yeah. Like, during that point, while you were still playing in Spain, um, that, like, final year while you were still there, were there any sort of, like, extenuating circumstances that made the decision to come to the United States easier? Uh, I don't think so. I think that it was just, like, I was watching myself very stressed because, I, I mean, I could do both things, study and play soccer at the same time, but I was feeling that, I don't know, like, I, I didn't have enough time. So I, I look up some information on the internet about like how you know the United States educational system works in college, and I thought, okay, this is perfect because like they are gonna help me to finish my degrees, and also they are gonna help me to play soccer. And I was like, maybe you know, like I think that every European actually they think that the level here in America is way, way lower, but when you come here. You realize that oh my god there are really good players but i think that there is a lack of tactical education and i was like maybe maybe i don't want to go there because i think that the, you know the level of soccer is not going to be good enough uh, but i was like okay fuck it i'm going there because i want to you know like i want to finish my degrees and i was also thinking okay you know they are going to convalidate it. actually they convalidated me so many credits from my other university and i was like okay i'm gonna be i'm gonna do it faster like this degree that i i'm gonna start i'm gonna do it faster so that's probably what triggered me to go there and so the funny that you mentioned the um the lack of tactical education in terms of actually playing soccer i feel like that's where you see the major split off between europe and the united states because the united states when you talk about like this sort of level where there's the education and the sport coming together the players coming over from Europe are obviously like far more tactically adept because of the fact that from a young age you're ingrained in the youth system learning how all of this goes whereas in the United States like club soccer club sports at the younger level like it's a little bit more difficult to come by because there's a lot more money involved and so on and it's a lot more privatized and that's very true like you really see like a serious gulf in quality between some of the players and that's also i feel like why especially with how the transfer portal works now you see particularly soccer soccer um programs at these universities really switching to a predominantly european or international side it's it's fascinating to see just how all of that works and it's just like a sign of the times of how well now how appealing the american education system has become for people abroad but then also how appealing international athletes have been to American institutions because now because of just the way the college sports have become 
a massive like global enterprise. It's world renowned, and it's just now you've got both sort of there's an appeal from both sides where it's like it makes sense for them to come together. One hundred percent. Like in the thesis, I mean, you have been mentioning this that there is like a a huge international like I don't know like I don't know I don't remember community what, community yeah. Um, and what is funny is that when we finish our like degrees and stuff, they don't let us stay here. Like you know, like they are helping us to study in an, their universities. But after you finish your, de- your degree or like whatever you're doing here, your masters or whatever, then they don't want you to stay until you get a you know a new visa or whatever. And I don't know. Like I feel like the universities are realizing that. And I think okay. Sorry, two points. <laughs> you know, I I think too fast. <laughs> so I feel like if the United States, instead of bringing more European or international players, they brought more international coaches and put them instead of in the universities. If they put them in youth clubs, you know, like they start teaching young people to understand it because you have to understand you have to play a lot of games you have to be not obsessed but you have to like you know as you have said um we have a culture you know when you're like three years old you are kicking a ball with your father or like whatever your uncle and you're watching games like sometimes you just go to a bar and watch a game and like here i feel like everyone watches basketball or baseball or football so if people start liking from a really early age and they start understanding the game, then United States is a big country. There are a lot of uh, great people and like 100% you're going to have like a good first, uh, good like national league and also a national team. Because as I said, statistically you have like many people here and if people are more interested in soccer than in other sports, basketball, baseball, football, you're like, it's going to improve like, by far. I think that's something that America is beginning to realize because as of, as of late, you're really starting to see more attention coming on to the MLS and you're seeing a lot more talent really funnel into the league. And I mean, it's like crazy, we, we even know like Patrick Ajumont came for first round pick in last year's MLS draft coming from division three, then coming to URI and now ripping it up against Lionel Messi in the league's cup. I mean, That's crazy. it's you, it, 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 we'll touch on that in a minute. Cause he is Good just again, bro. Good exactly. Like, he, he exactly. Me, you know, like it's, it, it's incredible, but it's like, you're starting to see more talent, filtering into these leagues because there's more attention being given because obviously soccer is the most global game on the planet. Like it just, and it's, but you're now seeing that culture slowly begin to form in the United States. And it's really neat to see because you're going to start to see a lot more people at a younger age start to get involved. And I think that, like you said, that's truly the key because if you can ingrain the game like from a tactical standpoint like you really get these kids to understand how this game properly flows from a young age you're going to see 10 times the quality of player than you do now and again the united states is a population of 330 million people you're bound to have exceptional talent 100 there's no doubt like if if, if you put china all the kids in china to play you know they're communist and like 
they can do whatever I mean, they're crazy, but they put all the kids to play soccer. They will have the best national team in the world by far because, like, they have, I don't know, like, one billion people, yeah. one billion and a half, I don't yeah. know. So, statistically, there are going to be, like, 11 players that are going to be like, okay, we are great and, you know, we understand each other. We That's how it works. Like, I think that that's the key. It, it's, it's just... But I also think that you need something special because, you know, like, Spain doesn't have that many people in like in the population we're like 46 million i think and we have won a world cup like you know also small countries have won like world cups and stuff and we are one of probably we are one of the best countries in the world like soccer wise it, it, but then that also kind of goes toward the culture thing hmm. and you've got just like that culture is ingrained from birth there's no sporting competition like you don't have like the like the main like five sports like hockey baseball that's football true, basketball true. like all of that in the united states competing for favor spain countries like italy france like all of these other countries that have been exceptionally successful in soccer don't have any other competition so all of their talent all of their resources focus on that, yeah. exactly so i feel like that in the united states the fact that it has a larger population can allow for that success to grow to a level similar if the interest continues to grow. And I think that that's like, on, we're on like a steady, I think on a steady pace yeah. for I that. Think it's happening now. And so, yeah. So, and went on a very long tangent there. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people listening and a lot of people who will listen to the Spotify recording to this later will agree that it's, that the United States is definitely on track to be, 100%. Grow, to be, no become an exceptionally powerful nation in terms of just like soccer ability. But I mean, one thing that I'm curious about for you is, when you're coming over to the United States as an international student, an international athlete, what's that process like in terms of like sort of offering yourself up to coaches, reaching out to coaches? Like, like you said, you didn't really speak any English. Like you have to go reach out to people who have probably never heard of you before <laughs> that's, that's and funny. you have to pick a university to basically kind of restart a new chapter of your life. Yeah. So like, I'm going to tell you a story. When I went to the airport, when I was going to fly from Madrid to Boston. I, you know, I had my uh, my boarding pass and I was gonna, you know, scan it. And I was really close to turn around and tell my mom, mom, you know, I've changed my mind. I don't want to go. I put the ticket, like, you know, the boarding pass and I was like, okay, I'm all in, you know, like, I'm gonna be there. I'm just gonna struggle with the English, but whatever has to come, you know, it will be welcome. And then my first month, two months, I mean, of course, you know, I studied um, English in my school in Spain, but they only use, like, they only, I don't know, teach you the grammar and stuff. So, like, you are not good at talking. And the first month, the first month and second month, I developed, um, you know, a fake smile. When I didn't understand anything, you know, like, oh, yeah, you're ugly, you know? And I was, like, smiling, yeah, 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 I don't, what you're, I don't know what you're saying, but, yeah, you know, like... So, and also, you know, like, I had to communicate with my coaches, and my coach, my head coach, is Irish. So it's, like, not even the same English as American or, like, British or... It's Irish, and it's not, like, that accent when you don't know any English stuff. And, you know, sometimes he had to, like, tell me word by word, like... Rafa, do you understand? And I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, now I understand. Thank you. <laughs> but it was just a process. So um, it was tough at first, you know, to understand them and like 
understand what they wanted from me. But after those two months, I I felt like I improved like insanely. And I don't know, like um, my teammates also helped me a lot to, you know, get involved in the culture and like the team and stuff. So I really appreciated that when, when I came here, like my teammates really helped me. And also, like, as I, I, I told you before, we we started the podcast. Um, you know, I had a, well, I said my best friend, like, or the guy that I get along the most is Isaac, you know, the other international from Norway. And since we were having the same experience and we had to go through the same situations and same problems and same things, um, he helped me a lot. Like, I was like, okay, this guy is feeling exactly the same. So, like, if I had any problem, I just went to him, like, bro, you know, I have this problem. How can I solve it? And same, he came to me and, like, that that was, like, the key to, to like, improve faster than I would have if I didn't have him. And it's that, like, mutual experience, knowing that you're both, like, in it together, like, you're, you're all, like, trying to become acclimated, like, whether you're from, like, Norway, Spain, like, you're from all these other countries on the planet. It doesn't matter you don't speak the same language. You're all trying to achieve the same goal. And I feel like that, that like, you can see that across, like, numerous sports. And not even in sporting, like, in just college in general. I feel like that that's something that really helps, like, a lot of freshmen get going. Mm-hmm. Is when you, like, finally realize that, alright, everyone is in this with you together. Or there are other people suffering like you are. There are other people trying to, like figure everything out like you are so then that then it, the experience instantly becomes a little bit a little bit easier i mean i'm just curious how did you choose rhode island i mean you could add hundreds if not thousands of different institutions to choose from across the united states what made you choose rhode island okay so first of all i'm going to explain how i came here you know like what was my opportunity so there is a company well i mean it's like a company that helps um Spanish players like all over Spain and they give like you you're like let's say you pay like I think it's like I don't know like almost 200 euros a year and then they help you a lot like they give you a pair of boots they help you if you don't have any team at the end of the season they help you in many ways and also there is like a program that they have and they give 10 scholarships to go to the United States every year. And it depends on your level of soccer, of course, your level of uh, English, and also you have to be studying in a university. So I applied for that program, and I ended up having one of those scholarships. So what they did is, like, they put you in contact with another company that is called The Tour, and that company helps you to find university, and the university, you know, ask that company, okay, I need this and I need that or I need this type of player. And so, you know, I did it too late in the season. So, like, the the market was, like, closing almost. So the guy that was helping me to find a university told me, okay, Rafa, you have to, like, you have to choose fast because if you don't choose now, you're probably going to have to wait until next year. And I was like, okay, okay. So I had two opportunities, one from D2, in Los Angeles and another one Rhode Island Division 1 and you know my the guy that I was help, that was helping me told me okay maybe we can wait one week to see if like other D1 universities are interested in you 
but we waited that week and we didn't receive any answer. So I was like, okay, I'm going to D1, like 100%. I'm not going to D2 if I had the opportunity to go to D1. So basically, it was like only Rhode Island, actually. Like, I didn't have other options. I mean, I had that D2 option, but I was thinking that I didn't want to play in a D2 program. And so then you come over to Rhode Island, you get that sort of summer to get acclimated, mm-hmm. you get in training camp, still trying to learn English, <laughs> and then you start 2021 season. 15 games, 7 starts, just as you've obviously got more experience than a number of players on the team as a sophomore at that time, yeah. having played professionally, but just like when you came here what was the biggest difference that you felt in terms of just the overall gameplay like the style like, and just how everything tacti- was like tactic wise in, in, in any sort of in sense like sort- just what was different okay first of all physicality mm-hmm. like I came from a club where I was playing with people that were like 30 32 some of them like and also like people that were young but here in college everyone is almost everyone is in between 18 and 22, because those are the four years that you are studying. And, you know, like, you could feel the intensity, the, the physicality, like, like everyone, is, everyone is in shape. But they also, like, you know, they have that, that is really good, but they don't know how to use that energy. And that's something that has happened to me many times, you know, like, I have so much energy, I have power and stuff, but you don't know how to deal with it. And the tactics, like, the tactical game it was like I was like I mean I'm not an expert I'm not a coach you know but mm-hmm. guys you have no clue what to you know position yourself like you have to shift when like the ball is going to the other side like I was watching so many things and you know Ivan was already here and he told me you know I know I know like you know coaches try the best and stuff but they haven't been taught how to move in the field when they were younger so like they're not gonna learn it like right away so Ivan and I like you know we understand I think that we understand a little bit where like a little bit better um the game like the tactics like where you have to be like if there is a pocket that is open you have to occupy it and then like you know those things I was like okay I'm I'm shocked but and also the third point is that I don't know why I thought that the players were gonna be way worse like I don't know why well, I feel like that that's but you, you alluded I, to. The I was thinking, thing. okay, these guys are better than any international. Like they, they I mean, not all, not all, not all of them, but there were players that I was like, you know, against Dayton, there were like two midfielders that I, I remember that they were like, I don't know, they they feel like they were connected, <laughs> like they, they were like bowling all the time. And some San Luis players, they were like, what is wrong with these guys? Like I thought, you know, like the the soccer here was like way worse, and I was impressed about that. Well, that was kind of what we alluded to beforehand when we were talking about this, where it's like there's that European perception that American soccer at all levels is just leagues below everything else across the world. But, I mean, it's been steadily improving. And then also there's the massive influx of European talent that's coming over that has influenced how the game is played here. And, like, a lot of coaches you start to see will change their tactics in order to truly get the best out of those international players. It's like a hot commodity of sorts. Yep. Another thing that's interesting to me is, were you surprised at all by 
just the fanfare when you came over? Because obviously, like, we had touched upon it so many times, like, the culture out in Spain, like, it's infectious, like, it's all about soccer. But coming to the United States, knowing that there's so many other sports and knowing just how, like, college sports, when you think of college sports, you think of football, you think of basketball, like, that's what you think of. Were you surprised at just the level of fandom that was present for URI men's soccer? I was going to say that. I was impressed with the road, like, like the University of Rhode Island in particular. You know, like, usually we're playing against, like, shitty team. I mean, shitty team, just what is supposed to be a shitty team. And there are, like, 2,000 people watching us, like, okay, I didn't expect this because I knew that basketball and football is, like, they're the, big, the, the biggest sports here. But it's only Rhode Island. I feel like when we go to even St. Louis, that they have, like, a crazy team. We went there, we played against them, and I don't know, like, probably there were, like, 200 people watching us. That's nothing compared with 2,000 people and knowing that San Luis probably has a better program than us. So, the thing is that in Spain, I'm talking about from like from my experience, even the worst game in 5th Division, all your friends are going to go there. All your family members are going to go there. The people from the neighborhood are going to go there. Just because, they, as you have said, football is the only sport, like... If you're not going to watch football, you are not watching anything else. Maybe on TV, tennis, or basketball, so, but nothing. It's like just football. Sorry, soccer. You know, it's, I'm just... It's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's another thing, too, is I feel like people are starting to, starting to see it both ways. Like, if you say football to someone who's a soccer fan in the U.S., they'll know what you're talking about. It's funny, it's funny, because, like, some American people that don't like soccer... If we say football and like football, like, you know, American football, and we are like, actually, if you think about it, football is played with, you know, mm-hmm. like your foot and there's a ball. Actually, American football is like, you don't use your foot. I mean, unless you are kicking the ball yeah. for the three points, you're using your hands like the ball is a weird ball. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> and I know football, football is our football. Okay. And I was like, okay, okay I'm not going to get into this. But yeah, that's funny. It's 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 interesting because you people get very defensive about it, but it's like again, the culture's changing and its terms are becoming universal now. To where it's like yeah, if you were to say I mean, if you say football, like it's so it's that like that term like everyone knows it now. Like whether like they actively call it soccer, football, whatever. Like at this point, like everyone knows it. Yeah, I'm gonna lie, everyone, like every time that someone says soccer. It like you, it you feel it. A little bit. You feel well, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, eh, no. but it, but at the same time though, the terms are interchangeable. Yeah, they all yeah, mean the course. same thing at the end of, of the day. Um, and so I mean, just like after after your sophomore season, moving to junior year, you're continuing to get more involved. But then this season, you start a very very difficult schedule because I mean, the year prior, you were competitive. That was the year. Um, I believe that was. Pat had the hat trick during the um, semifinals of the yep. conference tournament. So then that was like expectations going into 2020, 2022 were way higher yep. now because now you had a point to prove. You go into the start of the year, play Penn State, you draw number 14 nationally ranked Penn State. I scored. And you game. scored, exactly. <laughs> and then after that, you play nationally ranked Hofstra. That was a 2 0 win, I believe. Yeah. But it was tough. That game was tough. The first, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. exactly. Well, it's, it's a testament to how built the roster was like i had said earlier in the show there was a strong senior core and and so on like it was a strong roster that didn't lose too many pieces from the year prior 
and it was just a, it was a very strong roster in general. But I mean, just kind of that season. Obviously, like we mentioned it earlier, it ended in heartbreak. There's really no other way to put it. Like it it ended in heartbreak. We did everything to get to the playoffs, and then the playoffs you were just like. I I remember talking to Coach Elliott, and the way he the exactly the way he put it was that because that the law because of the loss to Dayton, we left it in other people's hands and every single event that could have gone wrong went, went wrong. wrong. Every single team that needed to win or to lose for you or I to get knocked out of the playoff contention because it, there were still a lot of teams competing for like the last like yeah. final spot. But I mean, my question about that is just is like you had been in America for a year, you had gotten your first season under your belt. Just as that season kind of progressed like a lot of like the different like the trials and tribulations of really being like a student and a student athlete and stuff just like how did that kind of toll on you mentally because i feel like a lot of the times when there's really strong expectations on players from a season prior it can really really hinder you going that's, that's funny that you mentioned it because you know i feel like a lot of people that see student athletes or you know like even in europe you know they see um soccer players They think, oh, these guys, you know, they live the life. And the thing is that when you're getting to a high level, as we are playing now in Division One college, like, you feel sometimes pressure, you know, like, even your coaches are telling you, this same year, like, they told me, Rafa, you know, like, you are not playing bad, but we are expecting way more from you. You know, like, you are a senior, you're an experienced player, You are usually scoring goals. I haven't, I haven't scored any goal this season so far. And, you know, like, and you can get, I mean, to be honest, there were like two games against Quinnipiac. I missed a penalty. And then after that game, I was like in my mind all the time. I got in, into a loop where I couldn't get out. And I was, you know, like, that's something that probably people don't think that you're struggling. Like, I could be, I don't know. 8% of a day just thinking of like, okay, if I scored a goal, and like you're like punishing yourself for something that maybe is like not that important. And that stress can lead to a bad performance. And you and that bad performance can lead to a, like another stress. And then like you get into a loop where it's difficult to get out. So last season, um, I don't think that I was in that situation, but this season, Uh, you know, like for two games, for two weeks, I was just in my mind, like, what is going on? You know, like, I know that everyone wants me to do more for the team. Like, I was like, it's, ah, I have it like there, but I can't prove it. So it was, I don't know, it's been a little bit difficult because I, I'm usually a scorer in the team, not as Patrick. You know, he was always all the time top scorer, but I was like, you know, second, third. Scoring this year, I haven't scored any goal, so I'm like, I'm not helping my team. So how, that's 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 tough. How how do you pull yourself sort of out of that rut per se? Because I mean, like, obviously, it's a it's a common part of being an athlete. Like, you have the expectations, you have everything going on, but like, for you, considering how high the stakes are, considering that you you really your sense of family per se is really just the team because of the fact that most of your, your family is all from Spain. Like, how do you pull yourself out of that? Rut? There are two factors that I think that affect that. And it's, first one is your personality. Like, that's a battle that you have to win by yourself. They can tell you 
100 tips for uh, Rafa just, you know, like read or uh, go out and have a run to just clear your mind or whatever. But it's a fight that you have to, like, it's something that you have to figure it out. And second, and I think it's probably as important as the first point, is your friends, like your teammates. Your teammates are like, they can feel it, you know, like they have been with you for two years, two years and a half. They can feel when you're like worried or you're like overthinking about a game or something. And like, Rafa, no, like, don't do that. You know, like, I've been there and it's not good. You're not going to earn anything. Just get out of that and think about the next game. And you know, like, it's easy to say that, but just listening to that from your teammates, it's like, okay, you know, they are there. Like, at least, you know, I'm, I'm performing bad, but at least I have my friends. So I would say that's that's the the way to get out. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to, like, what you were talking about with Isak, where it's like, you're all sort of in this together. Like, you and Isak were in it together in terms of, like, acclimating to a yeah. new country. But your teammates are all in this fight together in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. And when, you're, when one person's down, everybody's down. Like, that's just how it works in these team sports. And I feel like what has happened in the last two games is that we have lost, you know, the direction. And I think that everyone now, I mean, not everyone, but like some players have changed the direction. And that's like making the team way worse than, you know, you can be losing two, three games, but if everyone is going the same direction and like everyone is trying to get to the same point, achieve the same goal, doesn't matter. Like you are giving everything. Everyone is like the same thing. Everyone is happy in the locker room. But sometimes you feel like something is going on. You know, it's like that feeling in the atmosphere that you can feel it. And I feel that if we don't change that for the next game, it's gonna be tough. Well, at the same time, though, like this is a team that I mean I've followed since I'm since I've been a freshman. Coach Elliott has experience in a lot of these in a lot of these situations. He's a guy that knows how to get the best out of like he's gotten the best out of you hmm. multiple years. So it's like he he's a guy that I mean for me, I mean, I, I would trust to sort of help out. But then also you've got a whole new roster, basically. Yeah, like there's that's, there's that's so true. many this was like another thing that I wanted to bring up was that there are so many players that have come in from the transfer portal that have been thrown into the starting 11 that have really been thrown into like the continuous plans of this roster. I mean, how big of an impact has it had to have brought in numerous international talent, other talent from other universities to like really just sort of change up what was going on? I mean, of course, you know, like last season we were playing with people that were there for four years, you know, as you have said, there were like a lot of seniors and stuff. They had like a really good chemistry in between them. So when you bring those many players to a new team, it's kind of difficult to make them, un- unless they have the same style, like soccer-wise, it's really difficult to make them think, act, and understand each other in the same way. So, you know, we have, like, I've always thought that we have a really good squad individually, but I've always thought also that a bad team of 11 players that, you know, like, bad teams, sorry, no. A bad, um, a team with 11 players that are, like, maybe worse than another team that are supposed to be individually better. But the bad team understands each other way worse, sorry, way better, sorry. And they have more chemistry. They can always win the team that is supposed to be better individually. So I feel like 
the only way to get chemistry is with time and also like sometimes you have like that thing that happened in between like two or three players that they have like a connection you know like I feel that connection with I don't know Ivan Ivan understands like what moves I'm gonna do or like I understand how Ivan wants to pass me the ball so kind of difficult to have chemistry like right away so that's what you have said right now like you know also affecting the team having like new players well, one of the new players that I, I wanted to touch upon is Inigo. Um, El Mago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another another Spaniard from the Basque, the Basque country. country. Hey, he's he's another guy that obviously, like, you got to get acclimated to his play style. You got to get used to having, like, a new guy come in. But, I mean, were you, like, just sort of quick to befriend him, knowing that you guys were from the same country? Did you know each other before this just how is that relationship like or how has that been over the past couple of months yeah i mean of course it's easier when you share like the same culture like and also like it's about it's more about the language you know because they're like our goalkeeper also edu is also from spain and like right away you feel like safer with those people you know like okay if i have a big problem where i can't express myself you know i want to tell like my problem like with the exact words it's like okay i can go to know them and they know that they can come to me uh, and food like soccer wise um, Iñi has a completely different style for me you know but also I think that he's a, a player that can you know give me a lot of you know balls uh, opportunities chances to score because he's playing as a 10 I'm a right winger uh, the only thing, the only thing that I have told him many times, he has to release the ball like earlier. You know, he loves having the ball. You know, he's a bowler, but you can't dribble four people in one place. So, like, I always tell him, bro, dribble two people because you can't. You are skilled, and then pass the ball, and then we are gonna score a hundred goals. And nah. I don't think that he's understanding it. <laughs> but um, that all comes with time and chemistry, like you alluded yeah, to. But true, like true. these past two games probably for the majority of the squad the lowest point that they will be in their college career conceding 10 goals in two games like well I mean you've obviously been on the wrong end of conference semifinals and everything Mm. like that so I mean but for a lot of the younger guys a lot of the guys that have transferred in this is a pretty low point at the start of a at the start of a young career but do you feel that a that performances like this knowing that how bad that they were do you feel that these are performances that are almost, in a way, necessary to kind of jumpstart positive things going forward? Like, jumpstart the chemistry to, like, get everybody to really start, like, all right, we're in this together. Like, we all had to actively work together to improve. Do you think that they, these sort of games kind of kickstart that movement? You know, Coach, Coach Elliot told us, uh, I think it was yesterday, that we are now in a turning point. You know, like, it's either we change direction or we just fucking, like, thrown in the misery. Because, like, if... I mean, right now we are, like, in a, our lowest point of the last three years, probably, as you have said. We can only go up. So I feel like if everyone, you know, put a little piece of their, you know, effort in the cake, we're going to add up to, a, like, a really an structured and um, solid squad but the thing is that it's on us right now it's on us like every single one has to want it and I'm gonna tell you tomorrow 
I'm actually going to tell you tomorrow if we are going to do well or we are not going to do well because tomorrow is the, exactly the turning point. Tomorrow is where we show ourselves, not every, like, it's just to show ourselves if we are able. You know, even if it's LaSalle, you know, like a not huge team in our conference, but if we perform tomorrow well, I think we're going to go up. It's a, it's a team that some would expect you to win. Yeah. And it's it's a game, obviously, you're not going up against a nationally ranked team. It's a, it's a game where if you're ever going to show improvement and really use it to work on things to improve on, this would be the yeah. game. And so, you know, it's like a little step. We don't have to go from zero to 100 in one second. You got, like Little steps are going to give us more than just trying everything at once. And I feel like that that's kind of just how this team operates, where it's like you take small steps to really improve in the grand scheme of things like well from my from my time here like that's what it seemed like you see just like draw you see a couple really good draws a couple really good wins then you have a disappointing loss yeah and then you kind of just have to like assess the situation understand that all right this was a bad loss but we're still talented yeah. we still talented we still have each other and there's still more games to play it's that sort of next game mentality that is what's going to be key in this situation that i feel like that you're all college athletes. That's something that you're born with. You need you 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 put it on the back burner, like I said before, and then you just move forward and you're able to continue. And I mean, I agree with you. I think tomorrow's game against against LaSalle will be a turning point. Yeah. Because it's the first home conference game of the of the year. Hopefully the rain holds off, because then that would that 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 I mean you can get fans there. Yeah. Because conference games, games that truly matter at home. And if you're able to, you you feel the crowd, you feel the energy. All the time. Roddy Mafia, you know, like, I know that you you are in charge of Roddy Mafia. And, I don't know, the feeling of scoring a goal. And you're like, even if I, I don't know those guys, you know, like, it's just scoring and going directly towards the people that are, like, as excited as you because you have scored. And it's, like, probably the same as when, you know, uh, Athletic Bilbao a player scores and, like, the whole stadium is feeling it. It's that feeling, you know, like, it's... Not the same level, but it's the same feeling. Um, and I wish tomorrow is not raining, but uh, I don't know. I think it's gonna rain. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to play. Maybe it's gonna be cancelled or moved to Sunday. But even even at the same time, though, like you get you get a result here, you have to go to St. Louis, you have to go away to St. Louis and away to George Mason. Yeah. So I can I very much can see when coach is talking about seeing this as a turning point because. You get a you pick up a result here. It's confidence going up against a juggernaut, like a David versus Goliath situation. But you've beat St. Louis before. You did it here. You did it in the pouring rain with that last with that last minute goal exactly. against St. Louis last year. That, that was, was crazy. That was one of the best games I think I've ever uh, goosebumps watched. again, bro. I'm exactly. Have, like, three goosebumps here. <laughs> that hands down <laughs> one of the best games I've ever witnessed. But it, 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 at the same time, like there are a lot of players from that team that beat St. Louis that are still here. So you're capable of doing it. I, I feel like that that's something that over the next couple of days to weeks is what Coach Elliott's going to reiterate, is that all of you are talented. All of you have been able to win in numerous different situations against countless teams, countless different strengths in terms of opposition, to where it's like you're all capable of doing it. We are 100% able to do it. Yeah. Like, I have no doubt. You know... There are always bumps on the road. This is well. These ones have been too very big, but I think that we are gonna do it. 
And so then just kind of, we are slowly coming toward the end of our time, but I want to just touch upon, you talked about just the athletics portion of all of this, but the education aspect, you came to the United States because you wanted to do both. You wanted to play sports. You wanted to get an education. You're a senior this year. You told me beforehand that you're going to be graduating in December. Yep. Very, I'm honestly kind of sad. I'm going to, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss seeing you around. I'm telling you something. My dad told me that he's going to pay for the flights to come back to my graduation. So I'm going to be back in May for a week. So fantastic. Like so you, you'll see me again. A- absolutely. That's, that's incredible. But I mean, just beyond URI, what are, what are just some sort of your plans in terms of like either pursuing higher education or like, do you have any sort of ideas outside of the sporting world that you want to pursue? So, you know, I told myself when I was like really, really young. I don't know at what age exactly, but I told myself that there were going to be two things that I wanted to do. Like, you know, not in short term, but I, I wanted to have my degrees, you know, because that's like a, like a thing where you can lay on instead of any emergency. Like maybe your dreams are not going to be able to be achieved or whatever. So the degree is just always like a comfy bed where you can lay down you know what i mean and i mean comfy but i mean you have to be studying for four years and stuff but i'm probably gonna finish my degree here because i started a new degree in america and i was studying industrial engineering back in spain now i'm doing data science and so i'm probably gonna go back to spain and finish my last year of the engineering degree that i was doing there so after that I have no clue. And also what I can tell you is that I'm not going to stop playing soccer until my body just gives up. Well, that's that's true passion right mm. there. That's that culture we talked about. That's the passion. Mm. And, I mean, I can imagine that fans of URI will definitely be intrigued to see how you get on after after here because you've made an incredible impact on mm. this squad on this university i know myself my friends all the guys at the Brody mafia will all remember the first couple first couple of games we all attended you wearing the mask yeah we'll never we'll never forget that stuff but i mean roth thank you so much for joining me today it's this is amazing this is incredible i'm so happy that we were finally able to have you this. on yeah, and I mean, just, dude, good good luck with everything for the rest of the season. Same and for then, you, I mean, bro. Yeah, thank you, man. I really <laughs> appreciate it. And then just good luck for everything everything beyond. That's been lovely, bro. Like, for real. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Well, everybody at home, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Marks or Marks. We will be back next Friday, sorting out a guest for next week. But, I mean, as always, thank you, and we'll see you next week.